You love Michigan sports. Red Wings, Lions, Tigers, Pistons, Michigan, Michigan State, and the list goes on. And you love beer. Love beer. Who doesn't? What if we mixed the two together? of my sports we'll talk everything michigan sports like only we do and then we'll down our fair share of beer from a local brewery grading the beer throughout the episode so pop a cold one on your end and we'll get busy on ours this is the state of my sports That's the problem. Now you can hear me on the, the live stream. We could do it the whole the whole. That's you perfect. Just, you just want to redo it? No, no, because that was just on the live stream. You messed up like four times. Though. I messed you up could, a lot of times. You could redeem yourself. No, I'm good. I'm good. I'm, I'm all right with it. Totally I don't, redeem yourself. I don't need to worry too much about it. But that, yeah, I think we're good now. The funny thing is, is the podcast side of it is actually perfect. I did great. Great. It's just the live stream didn't go great. This is great. Yeah, I promise you that's the way it works. I promise you that's the way yeah, it works. But it's it's just people. Wink, right, wink. Yep, we can be heard now. Thank you for for jumping in there, Brittany. And you should thank me later for helping you set up tables the other day. She did. She Full was very circle. grateful. Very grateful. Um, lost track where we're at, but um, anyone would. Yeah. Uh, before we jump in, I did want to give a quick shout out to our sponsors that help keep this thing rolling and free for our listeners. Tops Brewing Company and Cafe is the official brewery state of my sports, and bettinghero.com helps us, and you get the best promotions available in the sports betting world. I'm Sam Waldhart. With me today, we got Micah Smith. What's up? And Ryan Waldhart. Hello, that is, hello. That is who that is right there. Back, Back in the saddle. It's been a while, Back man. a long vacation. I want to know every what you did every Tuesday since you were last on, so... That's oh man, a lot of work, <laughs> a lot of work, a lot of travel. That's about doing it. Doing good though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sort of. I'm, I'm, keep, I'm staying in there. You're staying in there. Staying I'm, in the fight. You told me you were gonna make it. Well, you, first of all, you told me maybe yesterday. I, said maybe. I was just like, oh my gosh, please. <laughs> I didn't say you, no, right? I know exactly. That was. I knew that was a step because you said mid November. I didn't know if it was mid November <laughs> yet. And then I texted you today. I was like, all right, Ryan, are you gonna be there? Because I just want to know. 
and you said you were in, and I was I was really happy. Yeah, I'm yeah. excited to know what you're thinking about all of our football teams. Cause well, yeah, because I mean, this is before, the one time of year, and the, you've been gone before, for before like any football started. I haven't been on since. Yeah, I don't think you've been on since week three of college football. Maybe. And what yeah. are we week nine or ten? We, I, I missed 10. the the season preview for the Lions. I <laughs> think you did. Oh, I did. Did you really? Yeah, I did. Oh man, that's how long it's been. Yeah. So we don't know anything about your Lions. Uh, Lions. No, thoughts. you guys are gonna be shocked. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure we are. <laughs> Buckle up. Jeff Okuda, MVP. Buckle up. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I mean, really glad to have you back. Obviously, thank uh, you. Running the board like it's like it's just riding a bike, right? Yeah, n- not really. <laughs> just I, I kind of looked it. at it and I was like, wait, I could mess this up really easily. Just don't so. touch anything. We're good to go. I think I think we're Sounds all good. set. Um, uh, let's get into what we're drinking tonight. You guys know what you're drinking? I honestly forgot what I'm. Oh, I'm drinking the strawberry cucumber beer sour. From from the Hops Brewing Company, obviously, pretty good. We're here, yeah, yeah. I think we, I think I've graded it before. I don't remember what I graded. I it. I think but. we've graded all these beers before. Yeah, so that's one bad thing about them being shut down is they're not coming out with new beers. Mm. Um, yep. So it's kind of the same old stuff, different day, but um, we're keeping tradition alive. Second Tuesday of every every month, we're we're here for sure. So, um, we're not gonna we're not gonna let a. I mean, hey, if they're gonna give me a key. It doesn't matter if they're open or closed. Like we can just kind of be here, right? We'll just open it. It's yeah. open for us. <laughs> it's open for us. So this was the first time that, as I'm setting up, people didn't like walk up to the door like all excited, and then they're like, "Oh, it's you." Oh, <laughs> no. it's the podcast. Oh, it's the podcast. Like, really? We've, yeah, had, we've oh, had people yeah. walk up. Oh yeah, yeah. And because like, you set up right here. You, well, yeah. This is our second time here, but like even when I was first like loading up when we were still upstairs, I think the couple times ago. Uh, people were like coming up to the door and I would like lock it like what in the world and I would have to tell them but yeah was, they saw a car in the parking lot like hey it's open and then they get disappointed but hopefully yep. hopefully they open again soon um, we'd like that but what are, you, what are you guys drinking you remember Thirsty Miner Thirsty Miner solid pick you can find solid that pick. at the Mines Golf Course as well yeah oh yeah I forgot about that one it's a good yeah. one yep I'm drinking the cider what do you think? I don't think I've ever had this. So it's not actually a DeHop cider. Where, where did they get their ciders from? Do you remember? I don't remember. Is it Farmhouse, maybe? I think it might be Farmhouse. That sounds right. Maybe. I don't maybe know. Maybe not. Maybe they could find something. Yeah. Either way, I like it, though. It's, it's pretty good. I mean, it's. I didn't really want to drink beer. So, I mean, since the podcast, I've hardly drink, drank any beer at all. Y'all so beer out. You don't I don't like it. it. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've grown accustomed to life without beer. So. Honestly, I could. Go without beer for a while. Like, my gut just it's, thanked it's me. Ra- it's rare that I choose a beer to drink nowadays outside of the podcast. Yeah, which is kind of funny, but it's <laughs> kind of yep. how it goes. You the <laughs> same way? The club, baby. I don't like. <laughs> yeah, I bought a bottle of bourbon from from. Uh, actually, when I was on vacation in South Carolina, I bought a bottle of uh, what was it? Woodford Woodford Reserve? Is that what it was? Mm. I think uh, I sent you a picture or something to ask you about it. Definitely not Woodford then. It looks like New Riff or something. No, the one that I bought when I was on vacation. Oh, it was yeah, Woodford. Yeah, Woodford. Yeah, I think you. I think, I think you, it was Woodford. Oh, sorry, it to me double too. oaked. Yeah, yeah, I think it was. No, 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 no. Because it was I, because I, yeah, single oaked, and you were not blown away by it. And then I said, well, what, what they're really known That's for right. is they're double oaked. And then I poured you some the other day. Yeah, that was really good. Yeah, it yeah. is a lot better. It's, it's a it big is. difference between the double oak. It was, and it was normal. a lot smoother, I would say. Yeah. Um, doesn't have the burn, but then I I also got yeah. What is it? Double riff? Is that what it, is that what you called it? Or riff? New riff? Or New riff so, or something? something? Riff. I don't but it's know. like yeah. uh, at Siciliano's, and you could like they picked out this specific barrel 
and they got their bottles and their their name on it and stuff like that. So I got that from. Oh, cool! I haven't opened it yet though. I'm hoping to this weekend. So. Nice. There's yeah. a there's a liquor store in East Town called Smitty's. They do that a lot. They do get they their really? own barrels a lot. And then they actually had the barrel like sitting there too. Yeah. I guess they get to keep the barrel. I yep. didn't know that. Yeah. Which is kind of cool. You literally buy the barrel and what's in the barrel for yeah. sure. Yep. Do they? Whoa. Well, they put put it in the bottles for them, right? Correct. Yeah. yeah. Whoa. How much does something like that really? cost? You think? Uh, a lot. Does it? I don't know. Like it's not anything that we could afford. You don't think? I mean, we could afford it. Do you want hey, to come afford on. it? I mean, like, could we put our money together? <laughs> no, I'm, saying, I'm, I'm saying we can afford it. I mean. I, how much is something like that? Like, how many bottles is in a barrel? Let's stop the podcast. Let's figure this out. <laughs> put some research in and make I'll, a I'll, I'll decision. put some numbers down. We'll revisit this <laughs> at the end. I think it'd be kind of cool to do that, right? Yeah, it'd be fun. I'm not saying for the podcast. I'm just saying, like, for just in like, general. Just in general for yeah, all of us. Awesome. Yeah, we're not sharing and then we'll, like, go, this is for us. Because once you do it, you get to, like, go to this, the place and, like, taste test it, right? To pick out which you, one you want. Don't you get to do that? You can like, that's do, part of the purchase. You I can assume. do that at Jack. We, we took a tour of Jack. Obviously, Jack is just straight Tennessee whiskey. It's, it's a bit You talk different. about Jack like he's your friend or something. Jack is, is first his name, Daniel. First name basis. <laughs> sure. First Jack name is basis. his friend, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's on a first name basis <laughs> with, with Jack. Jack. Yeah. No, you actually, you actually do go down to Jack. Like when your barrel is ready, you go and taste like, or when your barrels are ready, you go taste like three different barrels and you get to pick out of the three or whatever. Okay. We, we could do that with like Coppercraft maybe. Oh, yeah. I, I think we could do that with any of them, and that would be really cool. We should look into it. Yeah. I think we should do it with Coppercraft and like see if we can get a... Although the Kentucky Trail would be fun to do it on. Just find That would be cool, there. too. Amen to that. Do they have better yeah. bourbon than, than like Coppercraft, you think? Yeah. Or like 100%. Eastern Kiel and stuff? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. No, well, like, no offense to what here. What is it but, that you yeah. guys like about it? So, like, what's different about it? Is it just smoother? Is it like... Like, what, what is the difference? It, it's it's the history and, and the... The, the wood they use and the charcoals that they use to do their process is it's from a very so specific drastically region. different than up yeah. here. It, okay. It's it's no different than wine from, you know, like California to Italy to Michigan. It's it's just the nature of what's around you. Yeah. I mean, some people have preferences outside of Kentucky, but Kentucky just has the flavor. It's like a really full flavor that, that you don't just get every, everywhere. So, What is the one with deer antlers on it? <clears throat> deer stag? Uh, no, I don't think so. Trav, like, Beam. Jim Beam, does oh. that have, does that have deer in it? Yeah. So, Trav, I was at his house, uh, and he, he drinks Beam and, and Coke. Do you guys like Beam or no? I don't drink it with Coke, first of all. No. I put my money somewhere else. Yeah. Jim Beam is yeah. like, I mean, I did for a while, but that's like as cheap as you can go. Oh, is it really? Yeah. Gotcha. Well, this was our beer introductions for the people <laughs> that were wondering. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! I mean, it's kind of this is what we kind of have to do when we're drinking all the same old beers from from the hops. That Ben's got to get out some new ones here, even like yeah. just for us in general. Like, brewer I mean, Ben, yeah, we got to get some beer going. Crack that whip! Yeah, I should ask him if we can brew one. I mean, just for fun, he's not yeah. doing anything else. I don't think. He's probably like, I'd love to do something. <laughs> he's like, what? what he probably doing? has another job. Maybe there's there's a good chance, but. Uh, before we jump into episode 180, I want to remind everyone that the Hops Brewing Company and Cafe is currently closed. No information, nothing new, but we're here drinking their beer. Yeah. Telling you guys about it, telling how great it is without you having the ability to drink it. But, uh, <laughs> Good luck. Uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, what was I going? Oh, but we will let you guys know as soon as something's 
announce. We'll we'll keep an eye on their social media. Keep an eye on their social media as well, and then we'll we'll share it on ours as soon as it's available. But I mean, really, other than that, we're just kind of moving on to some football. If you guys are good with that, football. We may not be the authority, but we love both like Jack's a hard. fat kid loves cake. <laughs> like, this is State of My Sports. I think you can leave it there the rest of the time. I really do. But um, we'll Moving see. down to the next page. The Detroit Lions win their second game of the year against the Green Bay Packers, 15-9, to improve their record to 2-6 and six and hand the Packers their fifth straight loss to fall to 3-6. and six. Uh, It was a pretty ugly football game. Mike and I were just we were watching it together, and we're like, Freaking brutal. Oh, do people really want to? watch this game <laughs> what, what did we say it was like it was at halftime do we really want to go back out there and do this <laughs> like they're probably just like nah let's call it a day flipping a coin <laughs> yeah, was, i think it was, it was like 50. either team wanted to be there i think it was either my wife or Brittany said how is this game not on thursday right now <laughs> it was a thursday game for right? sure it had the quality for it oh my goodness um but i mean hey you'll take a win any t- any Sunday really is, is kind of the way I look at it for for the for the Lions and unless you're already in the rooting against them part, I mean, you're kind of happy with it. That's, that's what is this comment here, Kyle? Is this a podcast? Do you guys do this regularly? How do the Yankees look? That's my question for you. <laughs> uh, like I said, it wasn't pretty with the numbers. Uh, the Lions took an eight well, eight nothing lead into halftime after allow, only allowing the Packers to have three total possessions in the first half, uh, with a bend and not break type defense and forcing two Hi, interceptions in the end zone. Uh, the first two Packers drives uh, by rookies Kirby Joseph and Aiden Hutchinson. Uh, rookie tight end James Mitchell's uh, touchdown early in the fourth quarter made it a two possession game. Uh, but like the Packers and Rodgers do, they had a chance to tie and or win the game uh, late. But the defense stood tall in the red zone and forced the turnover on downs, which is not usually how the games end with with that team. Um, very excited. Uh, and look, I, I don't know where I'm at with this team. I'm really, I really don't know. But I was happy to beat the Packers. I was happy to win this game. It, I went into this game thinking, all right, this is my last chance to cheer for them at, for a winning. You know what I mean? Like, because if they lose this game, it's like, all right, I'm all on board for the tank completely. Like, we're, what, week nine, week ten or something like that? It's like, this is time to just to lose and, and worry about that draft pick. But this win will probably mean nothing, and I understand that. But it also is to the point where it's like, okay, you start doing the look ahead, and can they salvage this season? Probably not. But that chance is there, is the way I kind of looked at it. If you lose this game, game over. You're done. Move on. Um, what is salvage to you? What does that look like? You know what? Uh, just loosely, I guess. I think if they can I, if they could win five more games and, and with like seven wins or something like that, that's kind of where I, I – That that's was kind of where we thought they That was kind of the though. floor I had with them. Um, I had a higher ceiling, obviously, um, and I think we've seen why they could have a higher ceiling at times. Um, but that, that's kind of where I'm at is the seven. Like, if you can get to seven wins, I'd be like, okay, we're learning more about Dan Campbell's coaching abilities and this coaching staff's abilities. That's kind of where I'm at is I want to learn more about them. I'm not saying that they're going to uh, compete for the playoffs or anything like that. I understand that's a pipe dream when you start one and six, now you're two and six. But at the same time, I look at that schedule, 
and I look at everybody that's in front of them, and I look at the conference, and outside of the Bills, I'm not going to go into any one of these games and be like, yeah, they have no shot of winning this game. You know what I mean? Yeah, but the opposite can be true, too, because I'm just looking at the schedule, the Giants weren't supposed to be good. The Giants are good. But they're still beatable. The Jets were not supposed to be good. The Jets just beat the Bills. But they are still beatable. Well, anyone's beatable at this point, right? Outside of the Bills, in my opinion, for the I mean, Lions. Jag- Jaguars yeah. are way better than people thought they were. Uh, Panthers are way worse than people thought they were. Yeah, but like. But to the contrary, the Bills have two losses. Yeah, I'm. I'm just. I'm. It would be stupid to say that the Lions are going to go in and go beat the Bills. Yeah, you just I think know that the Bills would be, are better. I think that would be a flat out stupid statement to say that we're going to go beat the Bills. But I don't think it's stupid to say we're going to go beat Chicago twice. We're going to go beat. The Jets. We're gonna go beat the Giants. It's not a stupid, idiotic thing to say. You know what I mean? Like it's there is merit to it because you have the the positives that we have seen about the Lions, in my opinion. Now, do I think we're gonna go out and win all these games outside the Bills? No, I think that's a pipe dream. Um, but I don't think it's it's impossible either. And I just want to see if we can get this ball rolling. If you can go out and beat the Bears this week, man, you, this is starting to turn into something. And I know it's only the third win, and I'm not going to overanalyze it or anything, but it's like you can start seeing the positives that we saw that turned into losses, those same positives turning into wins, or even not positives turning into wins, kind of like last week was. That's where I'm just going to be like, all right, I'm, I'm back on board because I was almost off, completely off the, the Dan Campbell bandwagon. Yeah, in, in a lot of ways. I'm, I'm always almost done with golf, all of those things in the hope of being able to not have to draft a quarterback, like all of these things are, that's what we're all fighting as Lions fans is we want to know, right? We want to know what this team's going to be moving forward. And if we're going to continue to have a coach that makes bad decisions that cost us, that's questionable. That's, that's scary, I guess, in a lot of ways. And I, if we're going to turn these games into wins, that's where I can get back on board and back to the why I was somewhat optim- optimistic about this team heading into the season, if that makes sense. I so, know. so I want to look at it from a different angle because <clears throat> I think I, I, what you're saying is right. I mean, that's what Lions fans have been wrestling with this whole time. They want to know about Jared Goff. They want to know about the coaching staff, um, whether they jump ship from the regime that's currently there. My problem with that line of thinking is it's very, very short sighted. This is year two of the Dan Campbell Brad Holmes experiment. Brad Holmes. Every year that he that he drafts, we think that he wins the draft or, or is is at one of the top teams. Like he does a good job in the draft. We haven't seen all of our draft picks come to fruition yet. We've we've seen a lot of injuries with some of them, uh, and, and we've seen Jeff Okuda have some strides and look like a legitimate cornerback. That I'm not saying is a dominant quarterback in the league, but he's he's serviceable, right? You can put him on a on a defense, and he's made really good plays for us in big situations. He's also given up a lot of first downs or some touchdowns here and there. But it seems like we've gotten some, I don't know, we've gotten some stability out of the players that we had question marks of. And to jump ship on a team that is relying so much on a bunch of rookies and second-year guys is not is not reasonable in my mind. And I've never considered Jared Goff the future quarterback of this team. I've Jared Goff was a rental. It was he was supposed to get us by so that we could focus on other areas of the team like wide receivers, our defense, defensive line, pass rushers, everything that that we don't want to or or organizations would like to build up before they go invest in their future quarterback. This was our opportunity to to do that with Jared Goff and let him just run the team. He might be a good leader, 
great. Lead your guys for a while, but then eventually we're going to go f- off to bigger and better things. So yeah, in my in my opinion, this next year was always going to be the year for the quarterback. We we're going to go draft our quarterback. And and really, there's nothing Dan Campbell to do in my eyes right now to make me jump ship from from I don't know to overreact to the results mm-hmm. because I don't think this team is good right now. No, I think I, the team I, is still in the learning phase, and and I still want people to to step up on defense to know if Kirby Joseph is going to pan out. I want to see if Melly uh, Melifanu is mm-hmm. actually a real player. If he ever gets healthy, mm-hmm. same thing with Unzuzurike. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like those are some some high end draft picks, second, second and third round draft picks that we haven't even seen if they're any good or not. Yeah. So I to jump ship right now, or to just like I don't know, assume that Dan Campbell doesn't know what he's talking about. Like, why wouldn't we try to go win games and have some risky? aggressive calls when our team sucks and we're worse than the other team yeah. <laughs> you might as well take advantage you have nothing of nothing to lose yeah exactly that that's that's what i think right. i've been trying to say right. for 20 minutes yeah i mean I, I would disagree with you <laughs> about the, the jared goff thing like i don't think he's our future quarterback necessarily but i i had that hope that he's the one that can not force us to draft a quarterback when we don't necessarily need to you know what i mean like if we could get through this draft without taking a quarterback in our first pick, the next or, or, one, or this, yeah, this upcoming draft. If we can get through this, like we're potentially going to have two top fifteen picks, probably. I think that's very easily, easily could happen. That's the plan. Um, possibly even top two top ten picks. Like if we could go through that without having to take a quarterback, let's say the third third best quarterback in this draft. Like that's where I'm excited. Is like I don't want to take a quarterback because well, this was the year that we had to take a quarterback, and if we continue to have Jared Goff there. Which I think we still have that ability to use him as. We don't have to force a, a quarterback pick just to for the sake of taking a quarterback. You know what are, I mean? Are you saying hold off for a quarterback for the following? I, I think if every single year that you can hold off, I think we should. That's personally. not that's not true because you're not always in that draft position to pull the trigger on a high end top talent. In, but we but we mentioned something uh, a couple weeks ago. I think it was about letting this regime get too far down the road in your you know your years 3 to 5 and like be facing that impending doom of hey we're about to get fired but we're going to make you know like like we talked about we're you're, we're going to make this QB pick yeah. and tr- try and like save like everything the, like that's going did. on like, like the don't bears don't did. let yourselves yeah. get to that point like i think this coming off season this upcoming draft is an excellent opportunity to select a top tier QB and let him develop over the next 2 to 3 seasons and see what happens i think part of, part of the reason why i'm i'm want goff to succeed is because i'm kind of falling out of love with some of these top quarterbacks and i know it's still way too early to, to dig into i don't want to get into draft cj no. stroud no, no, for sure. I, I don't like cj stroud anymore and i never really did personally um I, I think we'll get into that kind of stuff when we get closer to draft time, but I think partially falling out of love of these top quarterbacks that we were supposed to be top three picks is making me like, if we don't have to force a quarterback pick, that's where I would love it. Like, I don't want to take Hooker because he's there and we need a quarterback. You know what I mean? When he's, what, 26 he's years elderly. old? He's elderly. Like, he, he's, he's the same age as, as Joe Burrow. Like, I, I'm sorry, that's not who I want. I don't want to invest a, y- a young pick and 
Yeah, you know you'd I mean? rather go get a Bryce Young that has Yeah, and, and honestly, and I think I'm trying to fight that with myself because I think we're too good to have a shot at Bryce Young. That's I've, And that's my and fear. That, and that's my fear because if, yeah. if they're too good and then we get two more first-round draft picks and then we're middle of the road, then what are we? Then, then we're in no Whoa. man's land without a quarterback. And, and we've talked about time and time even with Stafford I mean we had our quarterback with Stafford and we didn't build the rest of our systems yeah but we've never had that guy that can just make plays by himself we've never had uh, Patrick Mahomes dance around the pocket and like yeah I'd be that, that guy you know I mean Stafford can I'm not saying he doesn't have the ability but he doesn't move like that and and I personally would like the ability for to have an athletic quarterback for a while you know what I mean? And, yeah. and to play into more of what the NFL is right now. Because there aren't many Staffords you, left. You are looking for someone extremely athletic. Well, I want the right guy that can move around. I, I would say Zach Wilson is one of those kind of guys. He's not a running quarterback, but can he move? Yeah, he can run around people. Yeah. But is he great? No, but I'm just saying like that. I'm, I, I guess I'm well, just would, using would an example. Would you take Zach Wilson or Jared Goff? <clears throat> oh, Zach Wilson. 100%. Really? Yeah. Okay. Still. Interesting. I know. See, that's where I would like kind of like, – I feel like we look at even last the, the that that quarterback draft class, right? You had and correct me if I'm wrong, but it was uh, Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, Trey Lance, Mac Jones, yep. Justin Fields. Sorry, was before Mac Jones. Like, I I don't love any of those guys. Yeah, you know what I mean. And I think we're kind of learning that. That's not the, the necessarily the best way to to build. Yeah, but yeah, but it, what I with, what with I see is that Jared Goff will never be that guy. Well, why? He, I mean, he did. He was that. He was that with the Rams. No, like he put up incredible numbers with the Rams. Well, he like he was numbers. never the he was never the athletic guy. But like he got them to the. He had an incredible season, and then an, a pretty good playoff up until that final game. Yeah, really. Ram, Rams so, like, were ahead of their game though. They I were agree ahead with that. Their but, time. but like, I don't think that that's necessarily. Not possible for the Lions, for what we're seeing with Ben Johnson. I think creative offense. I don't think Dan Campbell's a, a genius like uh, whatever that dude's name in, in L.A. is. But like, that's how we're gonna win is with our coaching staff, right? And and I think if you have the right coaching staff, the right game plan, a Jared Goff can get you to a level that we haven't seen in our lifetime, really. It, it, and I guess that's kind of where I'm at. Do I, I think it's gonna if, if he's ever gonna win a Super Bowl? No, I don't. But I don't know. But that's, I, that's where, that's where you keep, need to like kind of pump the brakes, though, right? Like, if, if you if you honestly believe right now, he, you know he's not going to win you the Super Bowl. Then what's the point? Building, building a a, a something that's then, like then respectable you, in the league, then right? You, but then you, you have time for someone to come in and learn the systems and grow and build. So, like, but think about think about long term success in the NFL. We don't see teams that are built on defense and built on everything else, all everything but the quarterback. We don't see teams succeed over a long period of time without that quarterback. That's true. We've seen the, the Steelers do it with Roethlisberger. We've seen, obviously, any team that Tom Brady's on. We, we saw the Colts with Peyton Manning. It, Chiefs right now, Holmes, right? Yeah. yeah, I mean, Packers for the last 40 years. Yeah. Like we've seen teams have sustained success, and then you can start putting some pieces together and draft picks in a creative way. But you know, your constant from that quarterback gives you a chance to win on a on a game in game out basis. So I I think it's absolutely just I, I think it's terrible the way some teams choose to build 
and they build their their defense, they build their offense, and then they then they select that top tier QB and expect him to be like the next coming of Jesus. Yeah, the, the, like in the, the in the thing f- that puts you up and over, right? Right in yeah. the like the rookie year or the second year. This, like that that's that's a far cry for so many teams, so many hopeful teams. Like, and then then you have that window shrinking drastically once you have all these contracts on your offense and your defense and then you're you're waiting for your QB to come around yeah. that like man he was so promising da 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 well look look what happened with Tua look what happened with Joe Burrow it, it didn't happen right away and these guys were the QB in their classes Burrow it kind of happened right away second year that's what I'm saying second yeah. year it yeah. didn't happen in the first no, year no and you, I, and I and I agree with you I think if and that's why we need to pull the trigger now because a lot of these draft picks that that have started under Brad Holmes we're not they're five year contracts max for the rookie yeah. deals so we're not going to get them long term we need the quarterback to be growing within the team right now take advantage of a low uh salary uh that's team friendly with a quarterback from the draft class and that's and hopefully you've built up the the, the rest of the team to start that that easing in process because you're going to need a good offensive line for a young quarterback you're going to need weapons at on offense to to help him man that sounds like the lions offensive line weapons and uh, a defense that yeah. hopefully can continue to progress. I, I I think you guys are. It's literally I got one. I got the devil on one side, the angel on the other, <laughs> telling me all of these different things. And you guys are one of them too. I don't know which one the angel. I don't know what the devil is. But like that's In the outfield. That's kind of where it is. <laughs> I'm just like I don't know which way I want to go. I don't know what I what I believe this this is. And I also don't know if I trust this regime to to use a. Uh, a young quarterback correctly. You know what I mean? Like all of these questions are going through my head. And also I, I, I always throw in the, the potential of quarterback carousel. We've seen it partially two years ago, a little bit tons last year. I'm like, is that a possibility, a way to bring in the quarterback that's ready to win and can jump into this, what we have, what we think we have. I, I'm not saying that we're there, but like jump into this scenario where we have all these other weapons. Like let's say you can get two top 10 defenders next year in this draft. All of a sudden you start building this defense along with one of the better offenses when they're healthy, put in a really good quarterback, and all of a sudden this team's ready to go quicker than what we're realizing. You know what I mean? Like I think I play with that as well. Like maybe finding a proven quarterback is the better way to go rather than going young. And it's just, again, maybe that's hard to do. All of those things are just going through well, my head, and, I, and it's it just sucks. I don't know. I don't. I yeah, don't like Matt that Ryan right didn't here. turn out. No, that's true. But they also the reason why they sat him is for contract purposes. Because yeah. if he gets hurt, then they have to pay him more or something like that. I don't Russell know. Russell Wilson exactly. didn't turn out. Yeah, it's it's that's not a, it's not a surefire thing. And really, neither is a quarterback draft. No, and it's not. You're right, but yeah. but when you have two first round picks and two second round picks in the same year, yeah. that's a that's a great way to, to still get talent while you invest in a quarterback. They're setting themselves up to move up to get who they want when they want them. Yeah, more than anything, it's like you, they're probably not going to make two first round picks in this next year. In well, this next if they're draft. bad enough, then they they might. Yeah, that's true. They might get both. <laughs> that's win. that's why like playing against the Packers we're winning that game and I'm like yeah. I'm pumped like I'm like come on like let's we'll win the game in the back of my mind I'm like but I kind of like know. I kind of like I don't know yeah I kind of like I would, the best I think I would have been okay with losing if I wasn't sitting next to Micah then I like sitting next to Micah I was like all right <laughs> this is like and then his Max is at a whole nother level. Oh, I know. I'm yeah. just he's like, trained Max. All right, buddy. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Dude, cool he's, up, bud. He is very intense. <laughs> I had to. So we he's started intense. watching upstairs, and Max was just going 
berserk the first couple plays. I'm all right, I'm going downstairs. Walk downstairs <laughs> by myself. Just sitting there watching the game. Like I just I didn't want to say something mean. You know, I just I'm doing it for. for because I love the Because you will say something to me. Yeah, you know? <laughs> exactly. So I just sat there, sat downstairs, and all of a sudden, Jordan walks down the stairs. All of a sudden, Easton walks down the stairs. Then Max comes down. They just jump right on the couch next to me, and Max just just going. <laughs> then I get it. Like, don't, I'm saying this in love. You know that. I love yeah, it. Yeah. And I'm just like, all right, okay. And I go back upstairs. <laughs> no, it was so much fun. It was just a fun Fun game to watch, kind of together. Uh, even oh. though the game was kind of boring, but yeah. um, Goff went fourteen to twenty six, one hundred and thirty seven yards, two touchdowns and an interception. Rogers twenty three of forty three for two hundred ninety one yards, one touchdown and three interceptions. I don't think that we've ever forced that many interceptions on uh, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, <laughs> I don't think he's thrown that all many. three of them were caught no. inside the five yard line. That was awesome. I just I loved every every second of it. I'm not gonna lie. Jamal Williams got the bulk of the carries. Obviously, Swift still on a pitch count of some sort. Uh, he had 24 carries for 81 yards. Um, and then Amon Ross St. Brown, four catches for 55 yards. I want to see him kind of get back to what he was before he, his injury. I think that's going to be important here moving forward. Obviously, the brothers play each other on, on Sunday, which will be fun. The two St. Browns. Because uh, he's on the Bears now, right? Yes. Yeah, so that'll be kind of cool. Um, but Swift did get three carries, or th sorry, three catches for 40 yards. He was our second leading receiver. Um, without Hawkinson, uh, we had a couple tight ends get in the game here with Mitchell and uh, who was the other one? Zielstra. Zielstra had the one touchdown catch. Uh, Mitchell had two catches, one for a first down, one for a touchdown. So that was kind of cool to see. I like Mitchell. What did you think about the Hawkinson trade? I don't want to go too long on it, but I want to get your thoughts. Oh, on I think it was that. absolutely the right move. Yeah. Yeah. That he's He was an asset that we had to, to get more future assets. And I thought, actually, I thought the hull was pretty good. You know, I, I did too. The I don't like that we had to give up a second, fourth round pick. And I know like a second, fourth round pick isn't a big, but we just more or less moved up in these next few drafts rather than from a third, added. From a third to, or two fourths for a second and a third? We got a second and a third. Second in next year. Third in the following, and then and we then gave, up, we gave up a fourth this year, fourth next year. Yeah. So like, it, it. I like to add quantity. You know what I mean? I get the quality side. Like you're gonna get a better pick, and I, I love that. Don't get me wrong, but it's like, I would have liked to add a draft pick. You know what I mean? It would have been as easy of as not yeah, giving numbers. up a fourth rounder. You know what I mean? I I think uh, I think it shows that um, maybe Brad Holmes has more value in the second and third round than other people. Maybe yeah. he sees that that group of talent just year in, year out from the drafts, that's where he wants to have more selections. Yep. And, and I see that, even though he's been pretty successful in the fourth round so far. But. He has, yeah. And he hasn't been successful in the second round. Yeah, no, well, yeah. Not, <laughs> because not everybody's hurt. Um, but, uh, all right, anyways, total yards, 389 for the Packers, 254 um, for the Lions. Uh, first downs were both. 19 and 19, which is uh, pretty interesting. Packers, one for four on fourth down. Lions, 0 for two on fourth down. And then six of 11 on third for the Lions and eight of 15 on third for the Packers. It was a really weird game. Like, I, I already said that. And I was shocked when I saw that the Packers had three total possessions. It was actually four, but one was a kneel um, to end the, this, the first half. Three possessions for the Packers in that first half. That's exactly how you beat a Packers. Look, and, and I'm not – this isn't the same type of Packers that we were used to, obviously. But 
That's how you beat Aaron Rodgers is you limit his possessions. Period. Correct. And when you're getting when you're turning them into turnovers, that changes everything. That's how you hold them to what was it nine total points. I get that, but limit his possessions and get one takeaway, and you're you're setting yourself up to at least be close. Yeah. What What's interesting about that is the time of possession though was in Packers' favor. Yeah. They they held the ball for oh, yeah. so long. So it was the bend not break, like what you're saying. They they forced them to make execute each play down the field mm-hmm. slowly, methodically get down the field, and then the mistake happened, the turnover, and it's all for none at that point. You just spent all that time off the clock for a big zero yeah and the Lions actually did a good job of responding with with long longish drives not like anything crazy but like when you have these long drives on your defense you gotta you gotta have the ball you gotta get a couple first downs to give them that the extra rest which I thought they, they did a good job with that um Kirby Joseph what can we say about dude love what he's done since stepping in for uh Will Harris Nope, Tracy Walker. Tracy I always Walker. get those two confused. I don't know why. So he was the third-round pick, 97th overall in 2022 out of Illinois. He had five tackles, five assists, two interceptions. Obviously, that one that was thrown off of Derek Barnes' head and popped up, he, he did a good job getting that. But that second one that he had, I think it was in the second half, when he jumped that route. Oh, he jumped it. It was a pretty good throw, a little under underthrown, which I, I think Rodgers did most of the game. But the way he jumped that route was... Awesome. So when I'm watching, I'm watching slow motion, and I know, and they said it on TV too, like it was thrown a little bit behind him. I don't care if that ball was right in, a, in the perfect spot over his shoulder. I think Joseph is picking that ball off. Yeah. No matter what. He, he, jumped, had, he yeah. had such a good jump on that, and, and he just, I mean, he, he's a ball hawk. Yeah. That's what, he, that's what he was known for in his last year in Illinois, and that you've seen it. Yeah. And he's so aggressive in his movement, so when he commits – He's all in. Even outside of the two interceptions, I think his best play, and they, they did a great job of explaining it. On the, oh, on the, the tip? That tip. So, oh, like, man. he was at the line of scrimmage, and then Sue just booked it, and he made that, that broke up that pass at the goal line, I think it was, right? Yeah. That might have been even the same drive as the interception, maybe. I don't no, it wasn't. No, no, it was after both of his interceptions. Okay. So that was his. It was like, such, third a, such a good huge play. play. Well, and and what I what I think is so underrated about that is he turned to see where the ball was okay and people i don't think that's a skill that i see very often in the league right now you see cornerbacks get beat when he all they have to do is turn around and see the ball and they have a good chance of picking it you see them get beat on those plays all the time just turn because they don't they don't see it because they're so focused on and, and maybe it's the way they're coached up these days i don't know but safeties and cornerbacks that have that knack of knowing charles woodson always had it mm-hmm. knowing where the ball is in the air is what an advantage for a, d- a defense to to have that you know if they in the right position now they're in the lead here. Yeah. I think a lot of the a lot of the way they're brought up now in the NFL is when they're running when they're back to the ball they're looking at the receiver's eyes and their hands. The good receivers keep their hands down until the very last moment and put their hands out. You're right they, because then they're taught to go between the arms and, correct. and hit they, it out. They see their hands come up. You know, a second or two early, instantly that tells that DB, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get my hands up. I don't have my eyes on the ball. I'm gonna get my hands up and in their face. But then they lose the ball, right? They, yeah. they, or they never get the right. ball. Right. They, they, yeah. they, they don't care about taking the ball. It's about just it. batting the ball down for those types of players. But you're right, because what a play! And Joseph goes all the way from the line of scrimmage, sprints awful. back to the middle of the field on a seam route, yep, and and tips it, and it, almost one handed. He's getting a ton of. 
experience right now, and as soon as Tracy Walker gets healthy next year and you have him right right next to him, I don't know if they run two, two safeties. Like, I don't know what – Yeah, Elliott's the other one. Well, okay, Elliott, which I'd really like to shine yeah, on too. Yeah, um, But, like, that's – that's the kind of stuff that's exciting. Um, Malcolm Rodriguez, four tackles. I mean, just I, I think this was an underwhelming game for him for the most part, but um, – got hurt early. He did get hurt as well. Um, Josh Paschal, love what he's done since coming in. I think he's had some incredible – and it's not like the sacks and stuff that people notice, but like he's making plays, and he's doing exactly what Brockers was supposed to be doing at that similar position. I know they kind of move him to the edge a little bit. Um, but they're moving them all around that line, which you get in that extra size there, right? Like, what do you think about what you've seen from Pascal so far? Oh, I love it. I think he's an, he's a football player, just like what we knew he was when he got drafted. He he actually looks bigger than than he did in college, doesn't he? He does. He looks big. Like he he was a big dude in college too, and we knew that he could play inside or outside. But he looks to me like an interior guy, like an athletic interior guy, but still moves well enough to be on the outside. And yeah. it actually, he's very similar to Aiden Hutchinson, I would say. Okay, and not in their play style necessarily, but in their ability to be a big defensive end when needed and get, still get after the quarterback. Because yeah. sometimes that means like we we saw it with like maybe Trey Flowers when he wasn't his best. Some of those bigger guys when they're not going to beat you around the edge, then they're also that means that they're not going to get quarterback pressure. Yeah, we've seen the pressure. We've seen him move in on the inside. It just adds so much flexibility to this defense, and our defensive line has needed it. Mm-hmm. One thing I noticed with, with Hutchinson, which I thought he had a, a a good game outside of, like, obviously had the interception. Uh, no stacks, sacks that I noticed. I don't think he had any quarterback pressures technically. I think he deserved a couple, but it doesn't seem like they did. But I also noticed that he was getting double teamed constantly. He was. Um, so I think Pascal will be – the one that kind of changes that for him a little bit, where you can't necessarily think about Hutchinson only. But I didn't want to say, like, rookie ranks, and I know that's – who cares really about that because you don't want to compare him to the rookies. You want to compare him to elite players in the NFL. But he had he has four and a half sacks, which is first for rookies. Quarterback hits, which is nine for rookies. And pressures, 24, which is tied for first. He's not a bust I think there's been that conversation a lot on, on Detroit Sports Talk Radio, 97 won the ticket. Really? Uh, certain shows. Especially sure. after the first game. Yeah. Um, I think it's. I think he's having a pretty productive year, and I think he's just scraping the surface. But he's, I, I don't think they're trying to make it too complicated for him. They're just saying, go out and do it. You know what I mean? I think he over, overcommits sometimes, and he, but I think the biggest thing is, is he's doing it different ways. Like, how many times do we see a spin move on – on Sunday that he came very, very close to, to Rodgers. And Rodgers, the veteran he is, knows where to go. That's what he does. And I get all of that stuff. And you're also going against Bakhtiari, who is one of the better tackles in the, in the league. I know he got hurt um, and was out for the second half for the most part. But I like what we're seeing from Aiden. What, what are your thoughts on, on Aiden that you've seen so far? I, th- I think you're right. He's scratching the surface because he's doing the most – or the majority of his work right now um, – going straight up against people and bull rushing him. And that wasn't how he won in college. Um, but I think he's getting a feel for the NFL right now. He's got agility. He's got some elite traits that other people don't have. And we've seen that mm-hmm. come to light too, but he still is bull rushing almost every single time up in the game. So I think he's learning the difference between if you bull rush in the NFL, you can wear out the opponent, but it's not like college. 
So college, if you do it over and over, they end up giving up or they end up getting tired or something where you've now dominated the other person who doesn't compare to you. Yeah. And he, I think he can use that to his advantage because the bull rush sets up everything else. And so he's going to continue to do that. I think that's how he's going to always win in the NFL. But I, he's got to start understanding some of these other tricks to play off of that. Yeah. And I, I fully expect him to. He's a sponge. That's what he Dan Campbell talks about. Yeah, him. one thing. I, another thing I noticed is he was off the field a lot more this game, like for full drives. I felt felt like I think feel like they were resting him a little bit more so they could get that try to get that big play out of him, um, which I don't think is is a that big of an overreaction. The best pass rushers really don't play every down. Well, I think he can. They they have relied on Hutchinson so much. It's insane. So if we're if we're talking about being underwhelming in any way. I don't want to hear it because he's been our rock solid guy. I mean, him and day one, really. Yeah, I mean, him and uh, um, what's his name, fifty four, um, on the inside. The two of them have been the the mainstays on that defensive line that we can count and count on all the time. Mm-hmm. They're in the game constantly. McNeil, Lee McNeil. McNeil. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like those those two guys, which both you know, second year guy and a and a rookie. Yeah, that's the kind of stuff. And and also the defensive line; th- those are the positions where young guys don't necessarily succeed right away. It takes them a few years because you develop that man strength overall. And and mm-hmm. like we know you're a freak of an athlete right now, but in a few years you're going to develop your NFL strength on top of all that. Yeah, it's it's a different story. Another another uh, young player that I think we need to talk about is is Derek Barnes. I think he had one of his best games. Actually, the last two games he's looked good. And he's not it's not like a consistent big plays like every down linebacker type thing. But man, that hit that he put on AJ Dillon to stop him at the goal line was big time. Not play. easy to do. That was a big time play against a player that you don't do. Nobody does that. No. Against him. Like that was he hit that hole so hard and it, that was such a big play. In the moment and he, he he ended up with ten total tackles, or sorry, twelve total tackles. He had one sack, um, and just the game changing type plays. I think were were really eye opening. So and I feel like that's the back to back games that he's starting to find his niche, if you will. Oh, I agree. In this league, I which think is it's important. I think it's the style of play that they're allowing him to play downfield more okay. too, and just aggressive moving forward rather than doing anything in coverage behind him. Um, he he does play the coverage pretty well, and they actually talked about him covering the seams fairly well too because he's a good straight line runner they need to continue to, to do what they're doing they're they're allowing him to be the physical athlete and, and engage at the line of scrimmage which he was a defensive lineman at purdue yeah yeah right he was a pass rusher so we know he's got long arms we know he's got strength yeah go do that go be that aggressive lineman and then malcolm rodriguez can run around the field and cover up anything else that yeah. needs to happen everybody really hard <laughs> yeah so i mean i i really like the dynamic that they're starting to create yep. on the defense um and still a position in need i think oh yeah 100 percent. but but to go back to aj dylan though do you remember the hit that dylan put against or put on against uh deshaun elliott safety so elliott is a is a hard hitting safety. Be a hard-hitting oh guy. yeah, he, yeah he lays people out quite a bit yeah and elliott went in low and Dylan got oh, yes. lower, and it like I felt the pain for him. I was <laughs> like, "Oh man, that shocked loud. right through his shoulder." And that was like, man. And, and I actually thought I actually told Ari, "I'm like that Dylan dude. That's the, the kind of guy that you look at and you're like, oh no, I don't really, I don't want to tackle him." Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you get ta- you get hit hard once, and then you don't go in <laughs> at the same speed yeah. the second time, or the third time, or the fourth. But then Barnes goes and gets him. Yeah. Like that says a lot. Yep. Um. 
we already talked kind of about the do we want to win, do we want to lose. I do want to talk a little bit about the coaching decisions, and I don't want to overreact on it, but it continues to be an issue. And, and Ryan, you kind of already mentioned that. It's like you have to be aggressive, but I also think that we're kind of getting on that line of stupid and aggressive, um, and I'm curious what your thoughts. So the first one that I, that I wanted to question was drive one, fourth and one on the Green Bay seven-yard line. The decision to go for it, the play call, I look – I'm okay with going for it. I really am. What do we got? Uh-oh. OBS Studio OBS disconnected. Studio disconnected. What does that mean? Um, nothing good, I'm sure. Uh, but that was just on that side. We're still live, I'm pretty sure. But anyways, going for it that early in the game instead of taking points. And look, I kind of liked going for it. I really did because um, I think it sets the tone. And the fourth and one is what I'm like. You got to go for it in this scenario. But I hate the fact – I think that was the one that he had shotgun, nobody in the backfield. Like, what is going on there? Like, you at least have to threat of, of running this football, and especially when you have Jared Goff as your quarterback. And and, and I get it. I get yeah, that's it. Why. I get it. Telling you. Um, but, like, what do you think about the decision and the play call? Like, are you kind of on the same page there? Like, the decision's fine because you're pinning them back. You think you're going against the Packers that you're used to, where you're gonna to have to put up touchdowns. You have to put up points to win this game. I get that, but man, I lo- I look at this stuff as so situational, though. And the situation that the Lions are in are is is not a good one. They're not a good team. It's a young team. They want to know that the, their head coach has their back in these scenarios. And and I think the more that Dan Campbell can just preach and also live by it saying that I have confidence in my team, we're going to go out there and score points, we're going to play to win and not to, to lose, mm-hmm. I think helps the team. Now, when they're in the position to win on a, on a normal basis and they're a good football team, that's when you take points. That's when you, you do things with a little bit more common sense because you have trust that your team is going to do something in the end. I know it's kind of speaking out of both sides of my mouth because – if you really had trust in your team, then you just take points when when points are available. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, the team, the, you can't you can't fool a, a team. The team knows when they're good or when they're bad. They know if you're going for it, you're playing to win the game. So I I agree with his calls. I know that they've backfired a lot. Yeah, um, I'm okay with it. I don't like questioning that type of thing, to be honest, a whole lot. But I think it's it's something that other people are talking about. So I was just curious. Then the final drive, Packers too, though, right? Yeah, it's kind of a theme in the NFL right now. Yeah, it really is. Uh, up fifteen to nine with two oh six left. Fourth and three after the Jamal Williams two yard loss on the four, Green Bay's forty three yard line. Do you think it was the right decision? Um, man, we're just really struggling here. Right decision uh, to go for it, or would you have rather them see them punt him and, and try to make him go? Obviously, it worked out, and I get the hindsight type thing. But if it didn't work out, it would be a huge question of that decision. Similar to the Vikings game that ended up, he made the wrong decision. All of those things, you know. But like in that moment, do you remember like what you wanted them to do? Go for it on fourth and three, punt it, force a long field goal. Like I don't know. I personally, I wanted them to go for it, and yeah. for the same reason. I mean, my my rationale doesn't change. Yeah. I think that you go to win the game. If they, all they need is three yards to win the game, guaranteed. Yep. You don't put the ball back in Aaron Rodgers' hands, and then what happens? If the For Packers a chance score, to win the game. Yeah, yeah, and then the Packers score, or if there's like penalties along the way to get them there, it's going to be the, both the same way. Then the team's going to be mad at their head coach saying, 
all you would entrust us to get three yards, yeah. three yards to win this game, to win the game, and not have to then put our defense, who had been on the field for forever, yeah, a million times in a row, put them in a bad spot to go lose the game after they played so well. Yeah, I get that it didn't work out. I actually don't like the play call very much. Yeah, I didn't really even like the play uh, call. But either. but again, and that and to bring it full circle, sorry, the quarterback situation. That's the reason why Jared Goff is not our future quarterback because in those critical situations you, you can't don't want him to throw. Yeah, you can't <laughs> trust him to throw. You can't trust him to to make a play on his own using his feet. Yeah, like if you're the Eagles or you're the Chiefs or you're and you have a fourth and three situation, if you don't have any wide receivers open, you know Mahomes is going to make something happen. Yeah, or he's going to dance around enough until something opens up. Yeah, yeah. That that's a difference that we don't have right now, and that's why we need to get somebody that can do that. No, nope, I, I agree, and and honestly, I think I, I questioned it a little bit. I thought it was the right decision in in where you're at in the in the season, but then I heard his statement at the. Uh, it was actually today on, on 97 on the ticket, and it made complete sense. He said, "This was the decision that you have three ways of winning. It was you get the first down, you can burn all the clock, make them use their timeouts, maybe get in field goal range, you win that way, or." You don't get it, and then you stop him on defense. Or he said, "This was his one one of the things that he brought up as an option is they go down, get a touchdown. We still have all three timeouts, and then we can go back try to kick a field goal to win it." So I liked that answer. It was like he it seemed like he actually thought about it. It was like, all right, is it maybe the analytical percentage decision fourth and three might not be right, but. I can see multiple ways of winning, no matter the outcome of this game. And I like to keep the ball in your hands, especially against Aaron Rodgers, especially against the Packers. We've seen it too many times. Make a play. And I don't blame Dan Campbell for, for them not getting it. I blame Jared Goff. I, bl- I blame the play call in, in a lot of ways. So, um, Looking ahead, I mean... I, I did want to get a little... But no, I'm not. It's not worth it. And we already gotten the, the look ahead, so... Yeah, know. we did. We did. We, we already did that. We don't think they're a great team. Could they win some more games? Yeah, they could. We'll see. It's encouraging to see their defense, and I don't care how bad the Packers are right now. Yeah. I don't care because what I saw on the field is young players stepping up and making plays. What you th- What you guys think about what Aaron Rodgers said after the game? Saying That team? Yeah. What saying say? you can't lose, or we can't lose like that. That game Especially, to that team. Yeah, that game to that team. Did that like seem like a little bit of a shot? Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. Does that sound like a shot? I, I guess. I mean, over the course of history, it's. I mean, Detroit's like that team, right? Yeah. Right. I guess. Yeah. And right now, I have a question. Do you like Aaron Rodgers? Yeah. As a person. As a person. I don't know him as a person. Oh. From what you know of the type of person he is, do you like him? Yeah, I like him. I listen, yeah. I listen to the Pat McAfee show. I feel bad for him on a religious standpoint. Yeah. I feel awful. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, the, when when you – I mean, if you actually give time to listen to the Pat McAfee show and hear him talk, I mean, he's – I listen to it, yeah. He's actually super intelligent. He's relatively not funny. Not as intelligent he's, as he he's thinks not he the, is. He's not the wildly, like, comedian that people think he is. He's funny. Or that he thinks he is. And he's, and he's intelligent. So I, I enjoy listening to him. Yeah, I thought he looked like a little baby out there. It's yeah, he was, he was literally throwing a. Fit he's never he's never had this like before. a Five child. Three. Yeah, yeah. He played bad. His wide receivers played I way worse. 
Holy crap. <clears throat> he, he, played, he, he played bad. He played awful. He, he was yeah, the reason yeah, you guys well, lost And he also just got beat. He got beat by Kirby, Kirby Joseph on the one. And, this, and the first interception, that was a bad interception. Actually, the, all three actually, of them were bad. Well, yeah, but that's a, that's a good topic because he was re- – if Jared Goff throws those same three interceptions, I guarantee you the cast uh, on TV would have been talking about that in a different light. Mm-hmm. They would have been throwing him on, under the bus talking about he's not a franchise quarterback and, and just calling him out for the, being a bad pass. But we, we heard that the first interception was bad luck. Yep. Even though he threw it off the dude's dome and didn't even Faced. see it coming. <laughs> yeah. And then the second one they said was a great play by Hutchinson. I'm like, well, he yeah. underthrew him by seven yards. Yeah. And he threw it like a lollipop, like a little girl, you know, like I would throw yeah. to Ari when he was a year and a half. Yeah. And to make to let him catch it. And then the third one, he got beat. Like, I'm not saying that was a bad throw or anything, I'm just, but I, he got beat. Yeah. yeah. So all three of those were... I, they're not, and I just go back to like the, his statement uh, or quote from like three weeks back. He's like, "People need to be sat if they're not holding up their end of the bargain." And I watched that game, and I'm like, "Dude, you're the one that should be sat after that because that was a very, very bad performance." It's not an Aaron, Rod- and I'm not just saying that because I don't like Aaron. Rod- I'm oh, saying the Hall of Famer. You, you seriously sit and watch that game. If Tom Brady did that, people would be talking about how washed up Tom Brady is. If Pretty much any – if Zach Wilson did that, they'd be like, yeah, he's not a franchise quarterback. He's really bad. Those are some really bad throws. And then for some reason we're watching this game and Aaron Rodgers is throwing a fit like it's his wide receiver's fault. And then there, obviously there were some drops. I get that. Like I'm not saying that he not has many. good wide there, receivers. There, it wasn't about the drops really. It was more about routes. But I guess – I mean, we don't really know. You can say that he they shorted a route and stuff. We don't really know the route. I mean, we'll take well, Aaron Rodgers' word for it, I guess. Well, absolutely, over Sammy Watkins. Holy crap. Sammy absolutely. Watkins is washed up. Yeah, he's really good. bad. He's, he's really bad. Yeah, he's terrible. Yeah, but I thought he looked like a baby, and I loved every second <laughs> I knew you'd like, love it. He was I was like, watching him, like, Sam like, is loving this right now. Kicking his feet, slamming the, <laughs> the phone. I was like, oh, this is awesome. Like, yeah, this always is, slamming the phone, and then he, like, I puts have, it back up. Yeah, it's like, this is what I've been waiting for for so long. I, you know, I've been in that position, though, and I, and I knew I was a, kind of a crybaby, you know, like, sore loser type <laughs> type of person in college, but or in high school, it was really worse. But, like, I've been there before when you, like, slam something, and then it's, like, hanging there from, from the <laughs> cord, like, and they're like, you've uh, just got to pick it up slowly. Put it right back yeah. on the dock and walk away and just know you're defeated. <laughs> like, yep. Yeah. Not only did I lose, but I'm also a dick. <laughs> yeah. It was it was really nice to see. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna lie. From the Red Wings to Michigan State, we're talking about it. This is State of My Sports. I already switched the page and tried to move on from my state page, but um, MSU could, though, right? went on the road against the 16th ranked Fighting Illini without eight players due to the suspension and won 23 to 15. Peyton Thorne went 19 of 29 for 182 yards, two touchdowns, and another interception with five catches for Jaden Reed with 68 yards and a touchdown. Jalen Berger led the way uh, on the ground with 15 carries for 81 yards. Uh, defensively, the numbers were not great, allowing Chase Brown to run for 136 yards and 33 carries, and quarterback Tommy DeVito to go 25-37 for 288 yards and two touchdowns. But they made the big plays in the moments, and they got the win. And, look, 
none of us gave them a, a fighting chance basically in, the, in this in this game. I don't think anybody no. thought they would they would win, let alone compete. Um, and they they responded, and it reminds me a lot of that that Wisconsin game, where, you know, they even when their backs were against the wall, like they just kept fighting. And I now we all know I I wonder how good of a coach Mel Tucker actually is, but the two wins, the Wisconsin win and this win, are important wins. They are wins that I think gives hope still to what Mel Tucker could be as a coach and what he's going to do to build this this program back up, if you will. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not saying this is a, a program-changing win by any means because those are, like, the top five wins, the top ten wins, and, like, the really um, big upsets, if you will. It's definitely a good ranked win. But it's a, it's a, it is. And it's it's exactly what this this team needed in this moment. Um, oh, yeah. I, I still question a lot of the <laughs> decisions that were made, a lot of the play calling, and their defense still looks really bad. I don't know how they win this game when you look at it on paper. Um, but in the moment, they made the big plays, and they got a good win. That's basically where I'm at. Like, I don't know how else to really talk about it. It felt like they were about to roll over and die, like they were against Wisconsin, and they didn't. And I think that says a lot about what this, this program is trying to be, if that makes sense. I think a lot is going to be said about this program and Mel Tucker – when he decides on Scotty Hazelton's fate at the end of the season. Yeah. If I, if he honest to God keeps Scotty Hazelton for next season, you can call this team and in this sorry, he's team. the O C? He's D C D C. I think both coordinators should should I, get that, the can. Because yeah, it's, it's not looking good. I think the offense has looked worse over the last in in sorry. I don't think I should say that. That's probably not fair. But I think they are the bigger disappointment, if you will, than the, the defense. Because the defense is obviously you're you're changing in changing guys out in left and right. It's constant with the transfer portal and stuff. Offense has the the ability to be good. You have the quarterback that we've seen put up. What do you have? Twenty seven touchdowns to seven interceptions, something like that last year. It was in, he had incredible numbers yeah. last year. Yeah, he's been and good. You have he that. You been. have his best wide receiver coming back you have Keon Coleman who's I think a legitimate wide receiver you have those guys and it hasn't looked good at all that's the line play yeah I agree I agree with that but I think the offense is has let this team down just as much as the defense because they should be they should have been more competitive in some of these games because of the offense you know what I mean I think football is a tricky sport to judge uh, because the of the limited game. So you can just be in a rut. You can have a bad stretch and ruin a season of football. And I think that could, could be a scenario that state has been going through this year. And this, and I agree because it's an, an important win for this game because it's against a ranked opponent who you should not beat on paper. And it might have the team buying back into the message all along. Yep. Look, if you play like this, the way that we have it set up, if you fully buy into our system, then we're going to make you something special, more than you yeah. are on your own, right? And that's the message that works in college. Yeah. That's what Michigan always wanted as you come here, you're a champion. That's because you're in this system doing it our way, and it's the right way, and buy in all the way, and we're going we're gonna to make you something special. I think, the, I think MSU and the Detroit Lions are mere images of each other is you have this 
coach that you want to believe in, but hasn't proven it necessarily. And I, and I, I know that Mel Tucker had, what, 11 wins, and that's proving it in a lot of ways. But what we're seeing now is the complete opposite. And I, it's like, is it just a lack of talent for both of these guys? And that's what I'm like. And, and, I, and I say that because, like, a couple weeks ago, I was like, man, this is the, the defining moment here for Mel Tucker, and I don't know if this is ever going to work. But then on the other side of my mouth, I'm saying, well, I want Dan Campbell to work so badly. You know what I mean? Like, if I was a Spartan fan, I'd probably be talking just like I am with Dan Campbell. You know what I mean? Like, you're taking those positives, and I feel like this is a positive. What we saw on Saturday is the positive that Spartan fans should hang their hat on Yeah, with, with a little bit of hope. With college football, consistency is king, and the inconsistency you've seen so far is concerning. I mean, it, it just is. There's no other way to put it. Yeah, We've seen the highs, and the high for Mel Tucker is really, really good. Mm-hmm. And we've seen the low, and, it, and it's pathetic. It looks yeah. really bad. So what? Who are they? What What is the in between? What's the true nature of this program long term? I don't know. It's almost the nature of the program for the last twenty, thirty years. Yeah. Do you I, think they lack identity? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. With this team, yeah. Last year they had Kenneth Walker and they had identity. Yeah. Even their but, defense <laughs> was built but, around that. But is it? But isn't that sad to say that the identity was solely derived from one player that's it oh that's and that's what i'm saying yeah that's what i'm saying you have to have the makeup be more than just uh random you know people that you have on your team yeah or the, the mix that you have you need to have it based on something more than that right and, and it's maybe it's by getting all your players to buy in maybe it's recruiting maybe it's something i don't know whatever it is they're missing something to be to have that consistency well um it's either it's either got to be camaraderie or Recruiting, really. What, what I can tell you is this isn't working anymore from the sideline. <laughs> well, it worked on, on Saturday because yeah, Illinois. they kept they kept going and, and they got those takeaways. Now, and if you really look at it, though, that's college football. It's all about your players. I mean, was it Jimbo Fisher? He was at uh, Florida State? Yeah. He's basically built his career off of Jameis Winston, right? And then who, who was the coach for Auburn when, when Cam Newton was there? I can't remember his name, but like... Gus Malzahn? Yeah. Like... He's built his career off of Cam Newton. Yeah, Joe Burrow's coach in LSU, he's gone now. Yeah. Like Eddie all o. these guys, it is literally about one player. And that's what I think – that's what it looks like MSU could be. But when you get these type of wins where it looks like you should – it's time to roll over and just take it, they're not doing that. And that's what I – that's where I'm not fully sold that it was only Kenneth Walker. I think there is something there. Uh, oh, I do too. I do don't know how good it can be. I think their ceiling last year was their absolute ceiling, and I don't know if they could get there again with Mel Tucker. That's kind of where I'm at. But I also, I don't know. I just don't. It, I know that's a, a broad, like a pretty you get some big special statement to players say in there. Never happened. A lot could happen. Yeah, but that's what I mean. The inconsistency is concerning. But they're fighting, and I think that's. That's the type of team, and you have the type of coach that can beat Michigan. Not just the last two years. Obviously, we know that they beat them two years in a row. But that's your, kind of your goal is to beat Michigan and then see where things go. If you're going to have teams fight in these type of games, Wisconsin, Illinois, when you shouldn't be, There's, you shouldn't even have a shot. They are fighting. They're Ooh. fighting. and Yeah, right. Um, and I think that's a, a good sign, if you will, outside of the – obviously the brawl. I, I get I get that joke that was good this this is their one game every year we talk about they win one game they shouldn't win 
this was their game that they won. Yeah, they it really have won. is. Yeah. Yep. yep. Was, it, nobody gave them a chance, especially following the brawl and the suspensions and everything. Yep. They had a huge takeaway when Illinois was driving um, and, and looking to take the lead midway through the, the second quarter in the red zone. Uh, they also knocked Illinois out of field goal range late in the first half uh, to take the 9-7 lead in the halftime. Just key moments that they, they you know, didn't let Illinois uh, – put them in the headlock if you will you know if they fell behind in that in those moments I feel like that's where it could have gotten bad again and not to mention Peyton Thorne's first throw was an interception very first play of the game interception and they responded well from that I think the the offense didn't play that great um the defense didn't play that great but they just they fought and battled that game they they I don't know it, it's a weird weird game to to finally um, make it happen. And, and three touchdowns against a defense that has allowed six all season long, That that's impressive, you know? I want to hear from the diehards. If they're, if they're asking for they're, Noah They're Cam. already moved on to basketball, let's be honest. Well, <laughs> but, no, I, I'm curious about <laughs> like, that, too. Honestly. It's crickets with them. Well, right. So, Peyton Thorne was, was great. He was fantastic last year, right? And you expected the same, if not just a little bit more. You know, give me a – two or three percent better this year and he is he's fallen flat on his face whether it's, yeah, it's due to the oc or some o-line play whatever it may be but at this point how, how are you not calling for uh, i, I want to see noah kim out there you know for a half Looking or for good. a game or i don't understand how they haven't i tested that yet how how not yeah. you've right now you you are playing to maybe make a bowl but Put Noah Kim out there for a whole game. Yeah, I think I said earlier that it was their their three win. It was was their fourth. They're four and five now, so they're two wins away from becoming bowl eligible. That has to be their goal. They have to do that. They can do it. They got Rutgers and was it who, Indiana? I think their next two games uh, before Penn State. Sure. So it's yep. like it's lined up perfect for them to to go ahead and do that. But they need to do it. They cannot let. They can't have a drop-off. The, they week. need to go to a bowl. They need to go to a bowl. I agree with that. They need those extra practices. Yeah. If you're building a program, those extra practices are extremely important. Extra funding. Especially with early enrollees and all that kind of stuff. Yes, That's when things – it Ru- is those three. Those Rutgers, Indiana, and then travel to Ohio State. Penn or State. Penn State. I'm sorry. Um. So, I don't know. It was just for, – for, for Spartan fans, you should be excited about that win. Now, does it change the way your season's going? No, but it changes the feeling, I guess. You've won two out of the last three now, right, outside of the Michigan game. You did it without eight players that you were expecting to be there. That's a sign of, of, of positivity, I think, from the coaching staff down. So, um, I don't know. I don't think it's anything to get too excited about, but you just beat a top 16 team, whether they were overrated or not, right? <laughs> so I, I think – Illinois is actually much better than people think. They I have, think Brett Bielema has them playing very good football. Oh, yeah. I mean, they, they are not the Lovey Smith, Illinois anymore. Yeah. Far cry from that. <laughs> Forgot about that. Right? Yeah, was, um, but, yeah, I mean, it's kind of where, where it is right now, and it, nobody really cares that much about Michigan State. Nobody really cares about Michigan these next couple weeks. We're just waiting until the end of the season to kind of put a bow on it and say – this is what we had. This is what we did. You know this what I mean? This is what we presented. Yeah. <laughs> it's called I, presenting. I think the game leading into the the matchup, the showdown, is going to be important. For Michigan? For Probably more for Michigan than Ohio State, 
but for both because Ohio State now has more question marks than we than they expected to have following the last game. Yep. And against the Northwestern team, and I get the win blue. Okay, well it's win. They still run the ball. The same wind, yeah, and they can't dominate on the ground. Yeah, yeah maybe they can't run the ball. Well, well they yeah, but yeah. Once they get there, once Henderson can run. I agree. Is, and I don't know if he's coming back or not, but I'm assuming he's going to be there for uh, playing against Michigan, and that dude is a stud. Yep. Let's let's get into Michigan. You guys ready for that? Do it. Yeah. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Twitch. State of my sports. I think we got booted. I think we lost internet connection, but it is back. I don't know if that means we just go right to streaming again or not, but um, we'll just keep on rolling, right? I'll check I'm for not you. too worried if we're, we're streaming or not at this point. Uh, Michigan went to Rutgers and won, un- unsurprisingly, 52-17. to but definitely surprisingly, trailed 17 to 14 at halftime uh, before they outscored Rutgers 28 nothing in the third quarter and 10 nothing in the fourth. The defense really helped turn things around with the back-to-back interceptions in the third quarter by Barrett, uh, which included a pick six. But even while trailing 17 to 14, Michigan dominated by only allowing one yard rushing in the first half, only four first downs in the first half, and one in the second half. Did the Red Wings just win. Prime got a goal. Rounded in the shootout. Ooh, oh, no. I like it. I like no. it. Um, I'm are just they, go through. Are they good? Red Wings. Yeah. Best start since 2010. I'm I'm asking you if they're good. No. <laughs> okay. But we're also missing three of our top six forwards. Yeah, Fabry. Fabry. Vrana. Oh, Vrana's out. Bertuzzi. Zadina's you didn't know Vrana's out. No, because he's played like nine games or something. No, he played like. Four. Oh, I got it. I and know, then he went, he went into up. player, uh, uh, what do they call it? Players assistant program. Yeah. Something so like it's that. some yep. kind of uh, addiction of some sort is oh, what we're man, guessing. Really? Yeah. So. Oh, Vra- okay. No, no, no. no That's Rana. I was thinking of. Uh, I was thinking of Zadina. Sorry. Oh, Zadina just got hurt. He's out. Four for to like, six weeks. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. No, all good. I'm gonna go through some of these stats and we can talk about really the the what we want to talk about for the Michigan game. J.J., 13 of 27, 151 yards, two touchdowns. Blake Corum, 20 carries for 109 yards, two touchdowns. Donovan Edwards, 15 carries for 109 yards. It's interesting to see him get less carries but continues to be right around that same Corum number. I'm not saying he's better than Corum. I love what Corum's doing. Just something to keep an eye on. Uh, receiving, Donovan Edwards led the way with three, receiving, re, three, three catches for 52 yards and a touchdown. Ronnie Bell... Had two catches, 43. It's just weird to see these these passing numbers. I can't figure it out. What Did I say something wrong? Nope. Oh, all right. Uh, total yards, 433 to 180. Passing yards, 151 to 166. I'm going to say Michigan's first. Rushing yards, 282 to 14. Whoa. First downs, 22 to 5. Third down efficiency, 7 of 17. Fourth down efficiency, 3 of 3 for Michigan. Uh, third down, three of 13 for Rutgers, one of two on fourth down. Total plays, 80 to 48. It was like, like we were, we were all watching that game, right? And oh, yeah. halftime, we were just like, what in the, what is going on? This is such Worst a weird day. Worst half of football day. we've seen in it a was, long time. But it wasn't, though, either. Like, it was just crazy. It's just insane how the, poc- the blocked punt touchdown and a couple big plays that just made us be like, wow, we're playing really bad. No, we weren't playing that bad. We just weren't 
you know, finishing the, the job, winning. if you will. We weren't winning. We weren't. Yeah, I mean, if we were, that game should have been what? What was the score? 17-14 That happened. Should have been. Right. It should have been fourteen to three. And then it looks a little different. You know what I mean? Um, but they absolutely dominated that second half. It was insane. Uh, the pick six, and I'm trying to remember exactly how it went down. I had a couple. So the first one was an interception. Then we got a touchdown, right? Yep. And next the, next play. The next play. The first play off of the interception, I think they the scored six. a touchdown. Okay. And then the very next play for Rutgers, they threw the pick six. Pick six. And then the next drive was the next interception. Okay. Was it? Was it that? I was trying to remember. And it was the, pretty quick. The app I use has a hard time dividing things up the way that for, for college at least. So I was trying to replay it in my mind of how it went, but yeah, it was just it was crazy how quickly it all turned, and it was oh, it was, yeah, uh, comforting, I guess. It, it, it definitely changed our mindset. Um, but the first half, are those starting to become a? Are you worried about it? I I don't like the pattern of, um, okay, so I I shouldn't say I. I don't like it, but I do like scoring first, which seems to be the narrative right now. You know, our first drive, we go down, Play score, well. yeah. and then we, you know, for the next quarter and a half, kind of fall flat on our face and do nothing. Mm-hmm. And then the second half, everything changes. So we get that initial first drive score and then do nothing. I don't like that. I want to see a score, and then it, it, and then if the next drive stalls out, I want to see the following drive, that third drive, score end up in either three or seven points i don't care yeah like i want to see consistency yeah consistently put points up in that first half it's just as important as the second half when we go down this next stretch here what are your your thoughts on that ryan i don't know because we know how this team likes to win and that's through dominating the the offensive and defensive line line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball Mm -hmm. so if i i guess i haven't I don't know. I would like to dive more into the reasons or look back at the the drives that are stalling out and seeing the reasons behind that. And if it's more based on play calling or if they're just getting beat on a man-to-man basis. But my assumption is that they're trying to... So the first drive is going to be a scripted uh, set of play calls. Yep. And then I'm assuming that we get into some sort of predictable rhythm on the second and third drives. And if that's the case, then it's not really about the players or the execution. Then it would be more about the defense committing. And my assumption would, would then go to they're committing to the run hardcore, like putting eight in the box. And then when we get more of a balanced offense, then our, our run game starts to dominate here and there because they have big plays. That's what Quorum does. That's what, yeah. it's, Edwards it's, does. It's what it's, Edwards, Edwards yeah. does too. Yeah, they're, they're both great. But – I wonder if it's like Michigan committing and saying we're setting the tone, we're going to win the, the trenches, even if we get to a third and a fourth down scenario on a regular basis. Yeah. And and maybe that's the way, the, the reason they win in the end and they just dominate those teams in the second half. They just can't keep up anymore because they're just physically dominated at that point. Um, because I also don't want to get cute. Or, or I don't know if they're throwing the ball too much and they're committing to try to get those big plays down the field, yeah. the second, third drives, and they're getting away from what they're good at. I don't know. I think that's what happened in the first half, personally. I, and, and I'm starting to I, – look, I, I, I'm okay with winning the way we are. I don't need to see us throw the ball 40 times and put up – I don't – like, 
I don't compare us to Ohio State in that way. We don't need to do it the way Ohio State's doing it or the way people think Ohio State's doing it. That doesn't matter to me. But what I saw for the first time this year, at least in my – what I think I saw in that first half was Michigan trying to do it even though it wasn't there. They were trying to force it to show something that they can – like I feel like they were throwing the ball way more in the first half. And I think the I, I thought the wide receivers were completely letting down this team, in a, in a whole lot of ways in that first half. Yeah, they did um, tons of drop passes, tons of just weird scenarios that just. It, it, that's what I saw, and that and I want to see it just as bad as every other fan. Trust me, because we want to know if we can do it against Ohio State. We want to know if we can compete with them. We want to. I keep <laughs> I keep doing this. I'm fighting myself. I'm fighting what I'm hearing. All of those things. I think we want to be respected a little bit more. We want our offense to be respected a little bit more, right? It's a good way of putting it. And we don't need to be. We did it last year the way we wanted to. And I know everybody all of a sudden just loses all of the faith in the world because of what happened in that Georgia game. Um. Any type of offense was going to lose to Georgia that day. I'm sorry. It was just Absolutely. the way it was going to work. And I, I think that's one thing we're, we're trying to play in our heads. It's like, well, yeah, we can beat Ohio State, but everybody on the other side is saying, well, look what you did against Georgia. Well, what good did that really do beating Ohio State? That is still our goal is to beat Ohio State and win a Big Ten. I don't care what happens after that. I don't care who we face. I don't care if – Joel Klatt and um, other – or what's the – Limbaum or Feinbaum or whatever oh, his name Feinbaum. is. Like, I don't care what those people think. As much as I do care, I don't need to care if they think Michigan can compete with those top-level teams. Well, that shouldn't matter to me. I, what, I, what I see J.J. went through this last game, he threw under 50% completion percentage, and some of that was drop passes. But 13 for 27 for the game – I don't see that as a concern because it hasn't been a concern all year. He's been the most accurate passer in the nation leading into this game, and then he goes and has a bad game. Okay, well, yeah, but you also had drop passes. You also had weather scenarios and other stuff, like it's getting colder. It just is. And so that is not a concern with me. So so really it comes back to do I have a concern because we know the team has an identity. We know we have more than one identity. We, we, I mean, we could do this with Donovan Edwards or Blake Corum running the ball, or both at the same time, anytime we want. And and really, I think the team in general with the offensive line the way it is, I think they could do it with their third-string dude as well. Maybe not against Ohio State. Like I, We yeah. need our stars to be stars. But this team has something that's reliable game in, game out. And actually, Joel Klatt had a good way of putting this, just saying, you know, Michigan fans are not looking for the weather app and crashingweather.com to see what kind of uh, weather they're going <laughs> to have for Michigan and Ohio State. But Ohio State fans are right now. Yep. Yeah. And oh, so yeah. they, they need to make sure that weather looks pretty good because they're playing outside in Ohio in, in end of November. So they're the ones that are worried about that. Michigan's not. Why? Because Michigan has the identity on the ground. The same way we yeah. beat them last year could be the same way we beat them this year. And I, I think it's it's okay to have some, like – 
find out what works and find out what doesn't with your team. And I think some of that's going on early in these games where the offensive coordinator is deciding what plays he's going to be adding to the lineup against a, a critical impo- opponent. Mm-hmm. And and then we're also finding out who are the players and who are not. Mm-hmm. So I, I saw Blake Corum get some rest in this game, which was great to see. Donovan Edwards take over a little bit. Great to see. We got third stringers in there. It's, it is Rutgers, but it's nice to see that. I yeah. Blake Horn was getting rest before before we had a uh, the game in hand. Yeah. So I, I and that's been different. Maybe it's because Donovan Edwards was injured earlier in the year. Yeah. Um, but I I'm not worried about that so much. I guess and, going back to what you originally yeah. asked. So like, you said identity multiple times, and I love that word because I, I said this last week. What Michigan is doing, Michigan's identity is what every single football coach wants. Every single college, high school, pro. Teams that win in the trenches on both sides of the ball can run the ball, can stop the run. That's what teams want. That's what coaches want. And then we sit here, and for some reason, we are told time and time again, because we sit and watch Georgia put up tons of points. We see Clemson, when they're good, it's their offense. We see Ohio State's wide receivers and quarterback, like, that's the identity that we're supposed to want. And then we sit here and feel so insignificant because of our because our identity doesn't currently fit what everybody says is the right identity right now. You know what I mean? And it's funny that we're talking about that with identity in this world these days. But like we should be completely okay with our identity, but for some reason I'm not. And I want to see JJ put up these numbers. I want to see our wide receivers do it. I'm not worried about JJ. I'm more worried about our wide receivers. And I said that very, very early on in the year is I need that wide receiver to emerge. It's to be the guy that JJ trusts when time, when we need that big play. I don't know who that guy is at wide receiver. I think it's Ronnie Bell, but Ronnie Bell is the one that's dropping more balls than anybody right now, yeah. in my opinion. So it's like, I don't know. And, and I want to know. It would make me sleep better. I guarantee that. If, if this team can get their wideouts going, look out. Look out. Yeah. Like, this is national title contender, no doubt. It's it's so funny because if Ohio State was doing this, the way Michigan is, people would be drooling over it. Yeah. When Obe- when Alabama was doing it, this exact way, people loved that Alabama. They were unstoppable, but for some reason, the way Michigan's doing it isn't isn't the right way or or it's not sexy right because because i think what you know say ohio state without their running backs like travian henderson without them they are forced to throw the ball because that's all they have Mm -hmm. right they they put a lot of emphasis on the wideouts and their quarterback and that's how they score their points quickly and just pound right Mm -hmm. not not ground and pound don't don't get confused with that. Yeah. But that's how they just continue to gut punch you time after time after time. And it's and it's hard to stop when your secondary sucks. I think it's funny because I, I think we sit here and we're like, if our like we have a good passing game. We're convinced that we do. It just hasn't been proven yet. We have a great running game. And I'm sure Ohio State I look at Ohio State and I'm like, you guys can run the ball way better than you do. So it's like I'm sure they're looking at us and being like they can throw the ball way better than they do. What is going yeah. on? And it's like we're just like in this battle of well, we're just going to throw the ball and then we're going to save that running game till 
the matchup till the game. That's what Ohio State's doing, and then we're doing the same thing. We're just going to run the ball. We can actually throw the ball really good. We're just waiting to show it against you guys. And I feel like that's what we're facing here. It, is like, it really it's going to be like just like a collision. A massive oh, collision course. Gosh, I'm just so excited. And then, all right, Two, three. We got, we got Nebraska. We got Illinois before that. Yep. So I don't want to like look past those necessarily. Obviously, Nebraska should be an easy win. You got Illinois base, but who does Ohio State play leading into it? Uh, Kennel Hills. Uh, oh, they're gonna win. <laughs> I honestly don't know. I, I haven't looked. I get it. I feel like they had one. No, they don't have a tough game. I think they're. Oh, you're already there. He's got it. Who do they got? All right, well, here we go. Well, well. All right, all right. <laughs> They're playing uh, Indiana, uh, home against Indiana, and at Maryland. At Mar- Aaron Maryland could be an interesting one. Maryland just lost pretty. I know, sad but game. I think they they have the ability to it. That's all I'm saying. But I don't know. I'm just I just can't wait for this, and I, I'm more concerned about the wide receivers, and just. More chaos how, is kind of where I'm at. <laughs> like, how did we end up on? JJ's concern. I'm, I'm still not concerned about him. I'm, I'm not. really not. I think yeah. the way he's running the ball is is it's starting to. He didn't do it against Rutgers, which is fine. I think he did take a really big hit that I. He actually got hit several times. Yeah, that was dude. Protect the one yourself was dumb. a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Um, I like the way he's running the ball, heading into at least last week, and I still think that dude is one of the most accurate quarterbacks. At least like when, especially when you're looking at that 15 to 20. Yep. 20 yard like he makes it look really when, easy there when he is rolling out yeah he moves he's a lot like um in Mahomes in that way where he's he's moving he's almost better when he's moving his feet one direction and yeah one running a guy open if you will yeah um so I I'm not concerned about JJ but what I'm concerned about is his connection with some of these wide receivers I that's that's where I'm at I'm drawing a blank on uh, the Hawaiian wide receiver what's his name Roman Wilson. Roman Wilson. Yeah, is, is he what what's the status on Roman Wilson? Because I think I, he's one of the key wide receivers. We need him in this lineup just to provide that he, he's speed. the guy that stretches the field. Yeah. He did go through an injury I think mid-season. He's been he? injured really all year in and out. Like he he was in the protocol I think with the concussion earlier in the year. Is that what it was? I mean, it's you think he's the the key I thought the key was going to be Ronnie Bell getting back into form. Well, and I think Ronnie Bell's Ronnie Bell's solid, and and I know that he's had some drops and stuff, but I think he's going to show up in the big game. Yeah. Um, and Ronnie Bell also has had like, did you see his catch, uh, out of bounds again? Yeah, off, just on his barely fingertips. Out of, yeah. Oh my gosh, what a catch! I mean, yeah. it's insane. Like that dude is a is a gamer. He's going to make plays. Yeah. I, I'm not worried about him when he when we need him most. I think we do need another element to the wide receiver crew because Cornelius Johnson doesn't stretch the field. He He's there. Like he's always underneath. He does. He can catch touchdowns. Like that's, that's what he's in there for too, but he's not getting the big play way down the field. He doesn't beat cornerbacks one-on-one on a regular basis. He doesn't have the quick twitch. And I think that's something that Roman Wilson, he can just run away from people. Roman Wilson and Ryan Hayes are expected to be back next week. Sounds good. I like that. Love that. Drinking craft beer, having fun, and talking sports in the state of Michigan. You're listening to State of My Sports. Real quick, I did want to, I think we're 
we're in college football playoff season, right? I mean, the rankings come out. I don't want to spend Most a whole definitely. lot of time on this, um, but they did come out. Do you have that uh, available? I, I think I have it here. I think everything was the same in the AP, right? So Georgia's number one, Ohio State number two, Michigan number three, TCU number four. Tennessee dropped to five, right? Um, yep. You got Oregon, LSU, and USC to round up the top like six through eight there. Um, then Alabama nine, Clemson 10, which is the, the difference there between the AP. Right. Look, this was the chaos week. I feel like last week was with, with you knew that you're going to obviously have a top three team go down with Georgia or uh, Tennessee. Um, but then when you, when Clemson does what they did, um, Alabama lost as well. That kind of starts the chaos ball rolling here. We're, you're sitting at four undefeated teams now. That's where we're at. Right. And obviously you're going to have two of them play each other with, with Ohio State and Michigan. So you're down to three. Um, undefeated teams, and it's going to be really interesting to see uh, the way it pans out. I don't think we need to worry too much about where we're ranked at this point. Um, I think last week kind of told us a little bit more, like when you're looking at Michigan, for for example, obviously we're Michigan fans here, um, what the committee thought of their early on season, and they didn't test themselves enough, or all that kind of stuff that people, you know, strength of schedule. I think they that showed us that they're going to take that into consideration. Now, I don't know why they don't do that for Ohio State, but they do it for Michigan. Um, but whatever it is, what it is, uh, it's it, it's going to be a fun little sprint to the finish here. You're going to have two versus three, no matter what, I think, unless obviously Ohio State or Michigan drop a game against each other in the game. Um, could be even one and two if Georgia somehow loses. We'll, we'll see. I doubt they will because they probably have, like, northern Georgia, southern California. <laughs> Tech or something like that yeah, yeah, a couple sure. times. So, um, But the the one to watch this week, and this is kind of where I wanted to, to put this conversation, is that TCU-Texas game. I think Texas is the better, better team. We're going to get into that with our picks. But if, if TCU loses, that's where things are going to get even crazier. Because TCU is the one that's going to play spoiler. They're the one that's going to either leave out a Big Ten team or leave out an SEC team, in my opinion. Yeah. I think you're going to get two SEC teams or two Big Ten teams and then TCU at this point. But if that doesn't happen, we could start be looking at a Pac-10, or sorry, Pac-12 team sneak in like Oregon. Oregon could. Or you could get two Big Ten and two SEC teams, which are interesting. So don't forget, Georgia Georgia's going to be playing probably LSU, right, in, or the, in the championship game. Yeah, or Bam, Alabama. Alabama's got two losses. They're, they're not going to do it. It's either going to be Ole Miss or LSU most likely. Well, Ole, Ole, SEC championship. LSU has two losses, though. Or they only have one, one SEC loss. loss. Okay. But, I mean, but then Ole Miss, they Ole Miss and Alabama play this week, too. Which yeah, is I, be, yeah, you're right. I just feel like they're going to use that as, like, a a way to get Alabama back in the conversation. I don't see because how it's possible, like, but you're right. They could. <laughs> yeah. They're gonna be, oh, I they, just beat Ole Miss, they just beat Ole Miss by 50? Oh, my goodness. They're so we good. feel bad. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It was just something that I wanted to bring up. But we're going to get into our picks of the week. Uh, bettinghero.com. Jump in on their website. Sign up. Say you live in the state of Michigan if you want to bet on sports. Promo code MIBets. They're good. Just move on forward, right? Uh, we got our, our picks here. I gotta get, I gotta play some music. So I thought I was winning. You were wrong. Oh, okay. You not listen to the pocket. No. 
don't answer that question. <laughs> 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 I've been sending you my picks every week. We have, like, man. <laughs> I am like killing it. I must be doing so well. Mike is leading the way at 43 and 30 overall after a three and five week. Ryan, you are 38 and 35 uh, with a three and five week. Uh, you are tied with me now. Um, I went four and four. John four and four to 40 and 33 overall. And Kyle six and two. Getting back in the picture, still under 536 and 37. John did send me his picks, but I'll have to write those down after fact. I don't want to be doing that. Uh, first week, Mike, your or first game. I did not do Thursday game because it's dog crap. Huh. Nobody cares about that. <laughs> Who um, was it? I think it's like Falcons and Carolina or something like that. Oh, come on. Great matchup. <laughs> yeah, it is just like, yeah, I don't. Awesome. I might not even watch yeah. it. I probably won't. I'll bet on it, but. I didn't want to make us have to pick it. <laughs> I'm going to bet on it, he says. I'm not watching it. I'll bet <laughs> on it. Um, so I did pull Vikings at the Bills. I thought that was a pretty good matchup, right? Um, yep. You got Bills minus 7.5 coming off the loss. Um, Vikings coming off the last second win against the Commanders. Or, what? yeah, they're the Commanders. Sorry. Correct. <laughs> I was gonna be like, Aren't they called the football team now? But no, that was last year. <laughs> um, but, all right. Kyle's taking the Bills. John is taking the Vikings. Michael, what are you doing? Bills. Josh Ryan. Allen is going to have a bounce back game. Ryan, I'm taking the Bills. Too many points. I'm taking the Vikings. Also, question marks on his elbow. Oh, that's Josh true. Josh Allen might be out. We'll UCL see. injury. Yeah. Mm. Which Can couple? I change or no? Nope, sorry. It's already in ink. No, All you right. can change if you want. You want to change? No, Bills. All right. It's probably the right pick. He's going to play. He's probably going to have a great game. Yeah. He's going to throw left-handed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Be the best. Moving on to Sunday Night Football. You got the Chargers at the 49ers. 49ers, a seven-point favorite. Ooh. Kyle's taking the Chargers. John is taking the Chargers. Whew. What are you doing, Micah? Give me the Chargers. Ryan? 49ers. Really? Hello. <laughs> what? Yeah? <laughs> you yep. should say yes. Yep. <laughs> um, I'm going to go with... This just seems like too many points. But I'm going to take the 49ers. Why not? I can get any game on Micah and stay close to Ryan. That's kind yeah. of a goal here, right? Yeah. Even though John's still in it, I, I, I want to give John his credit. He's, <laughs> he's actually in second, right? So, uh, moving on. Lions at the Kyle Bears. Sucks, Lions are a three-point underdog, so the Bears minus three. Kyle's taking the Lions. John is taking the Bears. What a jerk. Birthday boy. It's his birthday today. Oh. Happy birthday, John. Happy birthday, John. Whoa. Happy birthday. <laughs> <laughs> Happy Mike, birthday, what are you sneeze. doing? Taking the Lions or the Bears? Uh, I'm going to take the Bears. Justin Fields is playing better. Uh, home field advantage, and that's that's about all I got. Give Ryan. me the Bears. Yeah, I'm going to take the Lions. I'm going to take the Lions as well. It's if just, the Lions win this game... You're on board. And the Packers lose. Lions are going to be second in the NFC North. No, they'd still be behind the Bears, wouldn't they? No. Oh, they'd be second and in playoff contention. No. <laughs> yeah, I think they would. I don't think so. They're think, only two think, games back. Yeah, they're only two games back. Well, there you go. <laughs> Lions, baby. Let's go. <laughs> We're back in this. I'm on board. I'm about ready to start drinking that Kool-Aid again. <laughs> Dan Campbell, baby. I think you already did. Oh, I'm, if they win this game, look out. I might show up without game. pants next week. <laughs> Which would be normal. Uh, Why do I keep doing that button? Pick is in. No pants. 
Oh, moving on to college. We got Texas and TCU going at it. TCU at Texas. Texas a seven-point favorite. That's surprising. It's a lot of points. Is it surprising? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Kyle is taking Texas. John is taking TCU. Mike, what are you doing? TCU. Ryan. Yeah, TCU. Really? I'm taking Texas. I like Pick, I like what they're doing. Picking against Jesus. I do, too. I like them, too, but uh, TCU's not going to go down without a fight right at now. Texas, They've got a lot to lose. At, it's, a, it's a night game. TCU's got a lot to lose. I agree with that. They're going to fight. And they're going to lose it. Texas is the better team. Not by eight. I, I believe. Moving on to Alabama at Ole Miss. Ole Miss 12-point home underdog. Kyle's taking Alabama. John is taking Ole Miss. Micah, what are you doing? Bama. Ryan. I want to say Bama, but I'm going to go Ole Miss just to make up a game on Micah. I'm going to go Bama. I think they're going to beat them by like 30. Yeah, 40. <laughs> and then just like use that as an argument to get in like, like Dude, he always does. Saban is going to use Saban so as his whipping boy. Yeah, probably. Next, you got Rutgers at MSU. MSU a favorite. 10-point favorite. Hey, first time they're a favorite and who knows how long. Probably last, dude. We'll see. Um, Kyle's taking MSU. John is taking MSU. Mike, what are you going to do on this one? Nope, Rutgers by a billion. Rutgers to I win? I hate you. I hate MSU. You got Rutgers to win? <laughs> and the points? Ryan? Look at that. I'm taking MSU. I'm going to take Rutgers. Too many points. I don't think MSU can beat anybody by more than 10 points. So I'm saying Rutgers is going to cover. Come on now. All right. We all got Rutgers. Or no, Mike and I got Rutgers. We all got Rutgers. You guys got MSU. Moving on to our last game of the week is Nebraska at Michigan. Minus 28 points. Kyle's got Michigan big. John's got Michigan I'm going to go Michigan. I'm just going to give you my pick now. I know it's probably wrong. That just seems like way too many points. Yeah. But I just think they're going to do it. I think they're going to kill them. I really do. What are you guys doing? Michigan. Easy. Yeah, right. Michigan. They could win 35-3 to three and they'll cover. They don't need to score a bunch of points, and Nebraska's just not going to score. Wait, is Scott Frost still the head coach? Uh, no, not since <sighs> 17 oh, weeks ago. God darn it. No, I'm just kidding. It means they're better. <laughs> Do it live. That was our bumper for this. So angry. This was our bumper. Um, <laughs> moving on to our beer grades. Long bumper. We're obviously here at the Hot Brewing Company. I'm drinking uh, strawberry straw cucumber sour, which is 5.3% alcohol. It was a good beer. It's got the sour taste, obviously. I mean, I've graded it before. Like, do we, do we even need to do this right now? I'm, nope. I'm going to give it a 7.95. I don't know. <laughs> Just I'll do a 7.912. <laughs> Pretty good. This is kind of where we're at. Oh, jeez. <laughs> no. Trying to hit that same bug that we've been seeing this whole time. I feel like I'm in a tunnel somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> Micah, what was your grade and what were you uh, drinking? Drinking the Thirsty Miner. I'm going to give it the same grade as last time. 
You remember? Which is, <laughs> nope. 8-1. Uh, I'm going to go with 8-2, actually. <laughs> love it, love it. Well, that was episode 180. Snap. Thank you guys for recording. Ryan, great to have you back, man. Glad to be back. My phone's been blowing up. I saw that. Idea. Yeah, I know. But appreciate you being here. Mike, I love having you on, obviously. Uh, oh. I feel like that was a slight. Yeah. We'll talk, we'll talk to you next yeah. week, if not soon. <laughs> From the Red Wings to the Lions. I did not the mean it that way. To the Pistons, uh-huh. to Michigan and Michigan State, and everything in between, we're talking about it. And don't forget the beer. We hope you enjoyed the show. Make sure to like, rate, and review. In the meantime, hook up with us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Twitch at State of My Sports with an M-I. We'll see you next time.